Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Hello, and welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor pod that asked the question eight, nine episodes down. Are we sure this is good? Is this a good show? I don't know. My name is Wait, Max how Quinn. You, how many episodes do you think there were? I don't know. There's so much time that I've spent <laughs> in my life dedicated to this show. <laughs> uh, and it blurs into, especially in this quarantine period, it just blurs into this one continuous, like, spurn. I don't even know if that's a <laughs> if that's a word. Um, I think it is now. Thank you. Yeah. My name is Max Quinn. About to say hello to you is my dear friend, co-conspirator, Xavier Rebetsky Noonan. Xavier, hi. Hello to you. Oh, how did you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and joining us for the first time here on the BOH pod, she is a writer, Cultural commentator, editor for Punky. She is on the goddamn Mount Rushmore of Australian media bachelor personalities. What a pleasure it is to be joined by the Talia Pritchard. Talia, hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk about this absolute shit show. Look, we, um, <laughs> we've got so much to catch up on. You smashed this season in a week. I think I messaged you like on Monday. How are you feeling about what you have taken in in that time? Are you okay? Yeah, how does a human body respond to that type of... Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was an amazing distraction, but also I think I am a more stupid person for it. <laughs> um, it just, it was, I mean, to use the Bachelor Nation's favourite word, it was a journey. Mm. Mm. Absolute journey. Um, I'm not a better person for it, but I am a more amused one, so there's that at least. That's really exciting. I mean, the journey itself took five weeks um, to film, and it took... Six to it took six to watch, and it took about <laughs> six years off my life. I would say, I'd say so. The episodes are so long, aren't like, they? Why, crazy. Like, they're feature movie length episodes. It's <laughs> insane, and especially with an episode like this one, where when it comes down to it, there's four songs. Like we are spending ninety minutes with this cast, just going, "Ooh, have I learned all the chords?" Yeah, there's a. I mean, there's there's a whole lot to unpack. Can we talk about uh, just overall impressions? Seeing as you've you've smash this in a week oh do you think this is a good show i okay so i think whenever you sent me the episodes monday tuesday whatever it was as soon as i watched the first two i was like i need the australian version of this like Mm -hmm. next week like i think obviously the american versions of these shows always bring a lot more kind of a bit earnest (laughs) vibe than i think an australian version would ever do but i would watch the shit out of an australian version of this so in other words, yes, I think it's a great show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that it's a show that really particularly started out super well because it was delivering us something that we kind of never seen before. And then uh, everyone had a vocation and a purpose and that was fun and interesting to couple it with the idea that we were all falling in love. 
But as it morphed into the voice, like sometimes I was like, this is more compelling. And then this episode I thought was just a fucking shit show. It was, It could have been probably narrowed down to at least 40 minutes. I think right. just like bam, 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 let's get through it. When I thought about the fact that, and not to get too much into it straight away, but when I thought about how Matt and Rudy were at the mm-hmm. um, start of the episode mm. and I kind of watched it in two bursts. So I watched the first half and then um, like I was a bit hungover. So I <laughs> the next <laughs> half for later and I was like, oh my God, like that's still the same episode. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. I watched this episode a total of three times this week. My word. Which is more than I would normally do. Uh, it just kind of panned out that way. I got spoiled pretty early in the week on who the winner was. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, fuck, there's no sense waiting. And so I just, uh, you know, tried to sit it, you know, cram it all in one setting. Uh, then we did a live watch with some fans, which was really fun. And then I was like, oh, shit, I still haven't taken my notes ha. and done like screen caps and stuff for the podcast so i am well versed in this episode and you're totally right it's like a structural nightmare i think there have been a couple of episodes like that where either they've been trying to cram in too much or trying to stretch time for the full 90 minutes and just fill in those ad breaks uh it's a messy show yeah i mean let's take let's take this from the top down how would you fix this show given that it was as long as it was and that by the end of it i think it kind of like it started out so hot and then petered out and there was less to say Mm, I think what we need to do for Series 2, I'm saying we as though we planned it, but yes. you know, what <laughs> needs to happen for Series 2 is they need to up the competitive stakes. Like, everyone was too nice to each other towards the end. Like, yeah. obviously, they'll focus on finding love and doing whatever, but I was like, cut each other's, like, microphones out. Do something, yes. like, sabotage mm. each other. There like, needs show to be us rewards. how much you want this. Yeah, rewards for sabotage, um, some sort of, like... Um, devil on the shoulder mischievous um puck style character like imagine if the host instead of being the wooden chris harrison was like uh, a, a, a mischief maker who was offering incentives for people to do exactly as you say and cut the microphone run out on stage and push the contestant over into the audience i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of room to play in that pool of of deceit I'm picturing like Hamish Blake when he was on Australian <laughs> Bachelor. He was just like a little rascal throughout the entire thing. I think somebody playing that kind of role, you're totally right. That would be great. I think the way that you maybe do it in um, seriousness is that you bring in more people as the show goes along, continue with that paradise format. And as soon right. as like like Natasha was such a breath of fresh air, even though it was only episode two and she came in to just bowl Trevor over. Even after she did that, she was so fun because she stirred stuff up every step of the way that she was there. And I think that having new people to spice up that drama might be an effective way to do it. We saw her. She was the biggest. Um, she tried the most too with kind of sabotaging. Um, who did she try to get? Oh, Julia. Julia. Yes. And so it didn't really stir up as much as we wanted, but more characters like her. Another intruder couple. Just something to like keep everyone on their toes. Mm. Let's also talk some winners and losers right up the top from this whole season. Um, Talia, do you want to kick us off with um, a winner that you found? My winner was Rudy. Loved her. Like, obviously the best voice, best talent, but also a chaotic energy. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I think you saw the last episode fell flat as soon as she was gone. Because yeah. there wasn't that kind of... She was a bit unpredictable. She was a bit wild. She loved Matt. She hated him. She loved him again. But then she also was probably the most talented vocalist as well. So she really kind of had it all. It's really hard to deny her as a reality TV character and just like somebody with that much charisma who could be reading a phone book and still like bring so much sort of effervescence to it. Um, Yeah, she's totally probably the pick of the season, apart from maybe Natasha, who 
uh, I just simply can't get enough of. I am now following her on my personal social medias and that sort of thing, which is like, that's the real test of a Bachelor show person is if they don't just get the Bachelor of Hearts follow, but they get one from my account as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my winner uh, was Rudy as well. I'm straight up uh, stealing this from Frank in our Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group. Uh, It's a good take. He said that she was great TV. She was a great performer and she doesn't have to date Matt, you know, like... Three she got big out ticks clean. there. Yeah, and the pants as well. Rudy was the pants queen of this season. Truly. Yeah, she had some great looks. Mm. Does anyone have a, a loser right off the top? Oh, wait, Zave, did, did, we didn't get your winner. I think my winner might be Natasha, but Rudy's definitely way up there. Mm-hmm. Um, just, like, can't kind of take my eyes off any of them. I don't think any of the men, like, really, really stood out. Unless you want to say, like, Michael Todd, who got that, like, hot first episode comedy sort of, like, mm-hmm. comic relief bump who will be a Bachelor meme probably for years to come, uh, despite the fact that he had, like, maybe two scenes and, you know, is completely inconsequential. Adore him, bring him into paradise. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. he's Well, he's, like, custom-made for paradise, I think. He's kind of the new Canadian Daniel, I would say. Sure. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> Canadian bacon. Yeah. <laughs> um, Zave, let's talk about your loser for this season. Oh, man, there's a lot of people who like literally just got skipped over, which is always kind of a bummer in these shows. Like Cheyenne, I barely know. Uh, apparently someone named Jack was there. Like, you know, it's pretty easy to just skim the cast list and go like, fuck, that was tragic. But I think um, somebody like Mel, who actually kind of was on the show, managed to get some sort of good uh, content in there. Seemed like a really talented performer, um, but yet didn't really register as far as the plot is concerned. But then I look at the list and I'm like, oh, fuck, like all these, (laughs) there's a lot of them. Like Sheridan, who just got his heart like completely twisted and grabbed out of his chest on on live TV. Well, not live. Uh, National TV. National TV. Well, international, if you uh, include us. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of losers, like Matt even. You know, you can make it to the end and still be a pretty big loser. Uh, so uh, my answer is all of them. <laughs> <Everyone>. <laughs> my answer is all of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Including me. Yeah. yeah. Tali, what about you? Yeah, I mean, we're probably the biggest losers of all, right? <laughs> show for so long. Um, but, I mean, I know he did bring some drama to the storylines, but Brandon, like, what an absolute dud. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Shit. I think, apart from he's just, like, kind of obvious gaslighting of both the women, just the fact he probably said about three sentences the whole time, but still people were just like, I want to pair with Brandon. And I was like, why? Yeah, He's did like you get it the with most him? boring, boring, like, villain guy I've ever seen on one of these shows. Right. He has, he injected such little personality into the role, but also gave so few fucks. And I think that is what made him such a frustrating villain at the same time. Because I was sitting there and I was like, I want to hate you more than I hate you. But I just like... I don't even have the fun TV hate. I just have the, like, I just I just don't like you and I don't think that we would be friends kind of vibe. Exactly. It's like you were literally wasting all our time. Not just, right. like, Savannah and Julia's, but, like, mine as well. Literally, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my loser was Soft Rock uh, for this series for similar reasons. Like, I'm an ardent Soft Rock stan, but what Brandon did to Soft Rock during this series um, is unforgivable, and I'm not sure if the genre as a whole can recover. Yeah, it's tough because it's a big uh, it's a big moment of exposure for soft rock, but I think it's also exposing a lot of the flaws in that music style. That's it, you know. Um, chuck on chuck on some America. We gotta we gotta dive right back and uh, 
I don't know, Soft Rock Reclamation Project 2020. You know what? I just thought of my actual loser for this season. It might be a bit of a controversial pick. Okay. Because I generally like him. I think he's like an esteemed part of this show. But I think Chris Harrison really had a bum season. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like just the woodenness really shone through uh, more so than usual. And I think you could kind of tell that his heart wasn't in it and that he was just seeing dollar signs, which like a lot of the time you feel like is like an undercurrent you know it's a bit of a motivator but it, it, he really couldn't hide it this time around thank god the show had it though to like to keep us going during this time and to keep the fans interested i mean in terms of rooting it with it within the bachelor universe they really had no choice mm. and you see like in this episode the amount of applause that he gets at one of these music shows like you can tell what people are there for they don't give a shit about this music really they want to reach out and touch the botox i've got to admit that i haven't watched a whole lot of the american bachelor in general before so like knowing that this guy is like the osher equivalent Mm. you know like it really made me appreciate osher a lot more for what he brings he doesn't hold a candle to osher we're huge huge osher stands on this podcast let's make our way in to the finale recap for this episode and it starts now we're in nashville It's Jamie's new hometown, and the big news here is that Trevor says that he's planning to move to Tennessee because Jamie lives here. They've known each other for a month. I just want to take the pulse here uh, on this decision. Is this a good idea? It's not. (laughs) No. I mean, it's a little hard to give an unbiased answer because we know how this episode plays out, but even if they were to finish the show together and be a happy couple, I'd be like, "Mm, tread lightly, please. Trevor kind of looks like he sleepwalks through life, which is the best way I can kind of think of him. So it's just like, I think whatever like town they ended up in for the finale, he would be like, I move in here thinking that's where Jamie's from. We're just thinking like, <laughs> like he, just, he has no idea what's going on. Can't trust anything he says. No, it's all in those sleepy eyes, isn't it? <laughs> Truly. I notice also that um, they show up in Nashville, but we watch them take a plane there. So we were talking about these tour buses, these four buses that we saw last week that are like fitted out with beds and stuff. I guess they're just like sitting in the garage. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> like I, I really wish that we had have seen them do this like 26 hour drive together. Um, Cause it would show like, I just want to see what happens to these relationships after that. Like it would be such a great final hurdle for them to have to overcome that and then do a show together, presumably like exhausted, pissed off at each other. Like it would really create a lot more energy going into the ending. I think Rudy was plenty pissed off through most of this show and it really did contribute <laughs> to a lot of help. great performances. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. We also get such a no shit sentence from Chris Harrison right up the top. We're talking about how wooden he is overall. This says it in better words than I could. He says, the last performance has really cemented your place in the finals. <laughs> is that is that how the show works? He also says, it is hard to believe how many people started this journey back in Los Angeles. It was 24 people. It's not that hard to believe. Chris, it was just a couple of weeks ago, like you were there. Yeah, right? <laughs> Human minds can't comprehend the scale. <laughs> and he then explains that the couples will have a choice to enter the fantasy suite at the end of their next date. It's something that is uh, untold in Australian Bachelor, but they have indeed shoehorned the fantasy suite into the finale of Listen to Your Heart. Can I get just some takes here? Why, why, why is this a good idea? 
I have been wanting to talk about Fuck Week on that... our podcast since the very beginning, like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. It is such an incredibly weird part of the show. When you think about how like uh, conservative so many of the viewers are and how uh, like it is so focused on this very traditional view of like men and women getting married, that being the like final goal of, of anyone's life and that kind of thing. And then there's this like ordained specific time when they must make love. Uh, it's just like the strangest thing. I'm so thrilled that they managed to shoehorn it into this season, which has six episodes. It's entirely focused on a completely different aspect of their relationship. And then they're like, oh, by the way, <laughs> like they, they don't do... They don't do hometowns, you know? They don't do, like, parent stuff, which is also an integral part of the structure of the show. But they're like, no, we really <laughs> we really need to make a pit stop for this. And interestingly, Matt and Rudy had their pit stop last week to take care of this business early. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's um it's a strange thing to, to be immersed in because this is such a hands-off kind of thing in the uh, in the Australian version of the show. We don't go anywhere near this but at the same time like i think that um this idea of uh sex as something that that sex is a judgment clouder or like not being able to perhaps i'm I'm thinking about matt um the australian bachelor last year in particular and like just what was to be gained probably from him like just just getting it out you know (laughs) getting it done yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of decisions that would have been made a lot clearer for him if he was able to do that last year. I, I mean, so. like, I'm, yeah, obviously, like, in all honesty, like, it, it is an important part of relationships. And I think, like, that level of compatibility, like, it's an it's a surprisingly honest thing that this show is able to contain that without, like, crumbling, essentially. That everyone will agree to go into this process, maybe less so and listen to your heart when it comes down to just a couple of couples, but normally it happens when there's three like women or men left on the show and it's interesting to be like i'm gonna sign up and find the love of my life uh a couple of weeks before he proposes to me he's gonna fuck two other people um but i'm just gonna like be cool with that and you know it's gonna all help the process uh make everything less complicated it's very interesting stuff I think Australia should be ready for this to like start to happen for us. Like if the Australia Australian version wants to improve, I think bringing the fan is sweets. The one thing for listen to your heart though, I was kind of thinking about Matt and Rudy as well. I was like, well, they had their pit stop. I was like, they've all been on tour buses alone together. And when they were going to the hotels in Vegas, I was like, well, you guys not sharing right? beds right. then? We saw the like leopard skin throws that were on those beds. Like, yeah. how could you not? And I thought that <laughs> leopard print, the sexiest color. Yeah. How could you resist? Exactly. So I was so when the fantasy suite was kind of introduced in that last episode, I was like, I'm sorry, they've all banned. Like they're just like, what are you talking about? Right. But obviously, yeah. maybe not Brie and um, and also Chris. the last couple of weeks be, beyond just being on the tour buses, they've also had like a lot of dates at hotels. They're staying at this like uh, Nashville famous hotel where like famous presidents famous presidents (laughs) like kennedy and nixon and stuff have all stayed in the suite that they're in i'm like great so that's the fantasy suite right and then it's there's just another one and we like saw them all grinding on each other in the hot tub to uh to partake in your fantasies ave in my fantasy yeah definitely (laughs) dressing up like nixon (laughs) (laughs) max 
fucking gone. I think you and I are okay, right? It's a Xavier and Talia show now. <laughs> ah, hell yeah. The way it was always meant to be. <laughs> By Max, you're fired. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, he's gone. Yeah, he's oh, it says you gone. are the host now. Oh, hello. That's incredible. I'm going to screenshot that. <laughs> I'll give you all the logins, Talia. You can join right. as well. Yeah. It's like the finale episode. It's time to overthrow Max. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody has to go. <laughs> all of a sudden, Matt has cold feet. So he's looking at all the other couples. He's feeling like his relationship with Rudy, maybe not that strong. It's really stressing Rudy out. What we're encountering basically is a whole lot of faff. Bree and Chris are in love. Jamie and Trevor are in love. And then this, this whole scene takes like seven minutes. But eventually we find Matt forlorn stomping around in his Timberlands. A lot of pacing. And he's decided to leave the show. Yeah. A lot of pacing. A lot of, lot of thought here. He says to Rudy that he doesn't think that their relationship is at the same point as the other couples and he doesn't want to be disingenuous because he can't get there with Rudy. Mm. Now, there is such an interesting word, Zave. What does it mean? We, uh, yeah, we've talked a bit about this. This is like such an important part of ba- Bachelor vocabulary. And I think... To be there essentially just means like um, you're playing the game, like you're ready to do, like at least make it to the finale and whether or not it's real, you're willing to just like say I love you on camera and do all the like the little dance that is required of you. Um, and clearly for some reason, and this is really frustrating to me because it's like it's the last episode. I have no idea why he doesn't just like show up, play the gig, like get to the end, you know, throw the ball at the touchdown zone. There you go. Yep. Yeah? Yep. Nailed it. Yeah. I don't understand it. Like, what would what would make him do this? It's so strange. And Rudy asked the same question. She's like, why, why did you do this now? I could be at home with my family and not in Nashville getting dumped on TV and not getting to perform in the finale of the show that we're on. Yeah, and it's a great point that she, like, she says, why didn't you just do it last week? Like, why did we get on a flight to Nashville for you to decide what did she do on the plane (laughs) I think that was the most interesting part is that he waited to get to Nashville so it's just like a a waste of time and also when they all sit in in the hotel room and he kind of like they're all in the lounges and he leans over and he goes to her we need to talk after this Mm. it's like what (laughs) and then he just leaves and like paces the hallway for like 10 hours while she's like in her little like pillow fort and she knows what's coming it's like why it's like leaving someone on bread like it's like what are you doing just say it waiting for this right right it's such a social faux pas and the thing that i keep coming back to with this is that matt just matt hasn't watched the show and we know this from the first episode he says i've never seen this show i don't know what this man's name is pointing at chris harrison (laughs) he has like he has no idea what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's going to look like. Mm. And the way that he just sort of like, uh, he runs, he makes a point of running over the dog in the car so many different ways and different times. <laughs> but uh, you can also, you can feel the producers like rubbing their hands when he says that in the first episode. They, right. He, he's like, I don't know what you're going to do to me, but I'm cool with it, essentially. <laughs> and so I have a feeling that someone has stepped in and been like, hey, you need to make this, you know, we want to have two couples in the finale. So please fuck everything up right now. Can I just say I'm so fascinated by the people that go on these shows being like, I have never seen one of these shows before. Right. So they yeah. like claim this kind of like denial about what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure Honey Badger said that before he became The Bachelor. He's like, oh, yeah, I've never really seen it. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, <sighs> at, you at, at the very least, for? educate yourself so it's you know what It's a kamikaze mission. <laughs> <laughs> just wild to me. And I think 
like you know no offense it's mainly these men they're like never seen it can't be that bad it's like oh you are in for something else <laughs> right <laughs> he's like yeah know. i know the bachelor i had an ex-girlfriend who watched it like <laughs> yeah. i reckon i could fucking beat this thing <laughs> <laughs> so matt grabs rudy from the bathroom where she's been crying for a while on her own and she says i don't have anything to say she's like clearly not interested in talking to him and he goes like let me just say some stuff but he doesn't really have a whole lot to say. He's like, you mean so much to me. I care about you so deeply. I, I have had such anxiety and such a mental struggle to even come to this decision. I'm like, oh, well, poor you then. Maybe you're the victim after all. Yeah, the fucking mental load of having to dump someone on TV. You I can even imagine. see him like trying to squeeze some tears out. It is really, Fully. really disingenuous. Mm. But it's just like, I, I don't understand what he thinks is expected of him here. Like, I, I get that he hasn't watched the show, but it's like, why would you do, like, just, I don't know. It's so frustrating. Why would you dump someone else if you felt like you just weren't quite there? Like, why don't you just, like, play along? <laughs> Wouldn't yeah. you want to just play the fucking gig? Like, go to the damn fantasy suite, whether or not you fuck. <laughs> Sorry if I'm being crude. But, like, just eat the, like, strawberries and drink the, like, domestic sparkling wine. Like... You'll have a good time. It's going to be fine. Right, right. And the other thing about it is that as an aspiring performancer... Performancer? Oh, boy. <laughs> you talking well, about you? Yeah, I'm an aspiring performancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to do the singing. <laughs> um, no, if, if you're an aspiring performer, being denied two TV performances sucks. Right? Like, And he's not only doing it to himself, he's doing it to her as well. And the way that he tries to justify it is by saying like, it's very courageous of me to speak my truth, and mm. I appreciate me doing that. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> 100%. And we need to point out here that he's riding off Rudy's coattails. Like, she's doing right. circles right. around him. Like, yeah. he's not bringing anything, like, that special to their performance. So it's sort of like, had they not, had he not been, like, a little bitch and left, they could have won it. Not based on their 100%. love story, obviously, but, like, based on the talent they had Yep, yeah. and the way that this show she is judged, <laughs> yeah, the way that this show is judged is that the judges judge on the performances that week. They're not privy to the narratives going in, so if they delivered the best performance, I don't see any reason why they couldn't have taken it out and put out a record together. And like, uh, this is the ultimate fake it till you make it. Yes, this show is right, and like it just feels so. It feels disingenuous of him not to try to do that. And so it's like, if Matt was convinced to do this, which is kind of my pet theory, mm. like, because I guess because it makes more dramatic sense for them to just have two couples heading into the finale, I'm guessing that's the reason that they would have had for that. But how would they have convinced him? Like, is there any insight into, like, I mean, I don't really know how the US version of the show works, but, like, you know, they're, they're in constant contact with their handlers and with, you know, um, production staff who will be kind of talking them through things and guiding them. And I guess maybe they just guided him directly into a brick wall <laughs> that doesn't make a lot of sense Nah, the producers like blue shelled him in mario kart <laughs> <laughs> so the damage is done uh rudy and matt announce that they are leaving the show and jamie shrieks like she's watching fucking wolf creek <laughs> <laughs> hi babe what i'm gonna go no <laughs> There are hugs and tears and John Jarrett is there for some reason and eventually they all leave in cars. There's still an hour of the show left at yeah, this point. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Matt Matt explains to the others that like we just weren't quote there. Um, so you know, this just feels like the right thing to do. We never really hear what Rudy actually thinks about it. Um, she's like, uh, well, I mean, that last conversation proves that he did like I did mean something to him. Um, but I think if she meant anything to him, he probably wouldn't do this. Like I, that seems counterintuitive to me. It's interesting logic too, and also because she did kind of say at some point when they were talking, she's like we're not faking anything. Like we're not going up on stage right. and saying, I love you and doing whatever. Yeah. Like none of this is fake necessarily. So like, what are you trying to do here? And he had no idea. It's like, he just heard the words fantasy suite and his brain couldn't get past that anymore. He's like, Oh <laughs> God, what do I have to do in the fantasy suite? I don't want to do oh, it. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> oh, that. Gotta go. <laughs> but also like what happened at that pit stop in, uh, Picton, California or wherever it was that mm -hmm. like scared him off from this. I don't know. <laughs> True. But the saddest part is we never get to hear Rudy sing this Whitney Houston song that they were meant to have. Oh. Uh, and also the Tim McGraw and Faith Hill duet, which both of them sound like really good. Yeah, it's it's just a shame because like I think Rudy at this point is the best performer. She's the best singer left on the show. And I would say of the entire show, she seemed like the one who really had her shit together as a, as a musician and as a performer. I'm sad that there was no more of that for us in this show because mm. I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities later where I was like, fuck, I wish Rudy was singing this song. Definitely. I think maybe the real love story should have been Matt just leaves. Rudy takes the stage solo, <laughs> blows yes. the others out of the water completely. It's like, congratulations. Listen to your heart, and Rudy. You did it. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. Totally. There's nothing in the rule book that says that a, a, a couple has to win, right? Yeah, I don't exactly. think Chris Harrison ever made that explicit. Um, well, look, Lady Gaga was left standing on her own at the end of uh, Star is Born, wasn't she? True, yeah. Is it is it possible that Matt was just taking one for the team here? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so dark to think about. Mm, yeah, he might, have, he might have done it slightly differently <laughs> if he was trying to follow that movie. Hmm. <laughs> Worth thinking about. Maybe for season two. <laughs> that will up the game. <laughs> right. Two, up the stakes. Yeah, right. that's how you bring the drama. It's time for Jamie and Trevor's final date. Speaking of bringing the drama, oh my God. Jamie begins by opening up to Trevor about her relationship struggles. Like this is this ridiculous thread that has been sewn right throughout the series about how Jamie has been cheated on with by everyone who's been she's been involved with i love by the way just that they they have uh this date which i guess you would charitably call it a date but they're like at some service department or something and there's just like a cheese board for them to ignore it's like the most classic batchy like if you forgot what you were watching uh it, they really set the scene perfectly here and so the way that they pick it up is that she is like pouring her heart out to trevor truly emoting on tv in a very like tv friendly way as well and she gets to the end of her big speech and trevor says this I too have experienced hardship in my life. I think he also says, and I have also gone through stuff in my life. <laughs> it's a real uh, great just half hour of TV of watching men being like, I too am struggling with your problems. <laughs> Someone needs to tell Trevor he would have never made it this far if he just wasn't like, you know, a nice looking statue of a man. So like right. his kind of experience of hardship is like maybe someone leaving you know one girl ghosted him one time and he's like oh, i get what it's like to be cheated on <laughs> yeah totally would you care to elaborate sir and he's like no, no I'd, <laughs> I'd rather not he's um, like someone one time someone called me good looking instead of handsome and it really sucked <laughs> 
he continues with this thing where he says, it's like, I feel like I've seen deeper parts of your soul just through music alone. And he gives this smug little smile. And I point this out only because he says almost the exact same thing on stage later at the end of the day. I'm sorry, at the end of the episode. Yeah, right. Okay. Are you suggesting that Trevor might in some way not be as genuine as he is making (laughs) himself out to be on the television? Max, I would never go so far as to suggest something like that. I'm confused. Hmm. So there is no actual date here. They just sort of like talk about their feelings and then go into the fantasy suite. At this time, um, Jamie describes Trevor as the best man in the universe. And look, I will say I came around to Trevor in the last episode. I was like, you know what? Maybe Trev's all right. But I still think Jamie needs to meet more men. Yes. Jamie is 21, I think. Yeah. She's just so... She's so young and she does act very young too. So I think she's got obviously you know, so much ahead of her, but she's just this like anxious little ball and, you know, being cheated on so many times and whatever. I was like, how has this happened to you so many times at the age of 21? <laughs> and like, babe, Trevor's not the best guy you're ever going to meet in your life. Like it right. will get better. Hopefully. Right. There are so many Trevors. There, are, There's a sea of Trevors. There and are in fact, apparently quite a few rumors going around about Trevor's personal life. And, you know, they're obviously leading up to this show and beforehand, but like, you know, he is a noted uh, playboy of the wherever the hell he's from area um i think uh if you guys nashville, are familiar, i think you'll find he's moving to nashville oh that's right of course <laughs> and that therefore is where he's from <laughs> uh so i don't know allegedly allegedly but like you know he seems like uh as we might have surmised by this point already maybe not jamie's best bet for a long-term thing but who knows jamie herself is made for paradise though like get that girl on an island stat yeah give her a little ukulele or something Oh, a lay, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, she'll be great. And even judging on the first episode where she was between um, Trevor and Ryan, was it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that drama in the very, very first episode, what she could do in Paradise would be incredible to watch. Bring her here. You know, like I would love to see it. True. Put her with fucking weird Patty. Oh (laughs) my God. I want to know what that relationship looks like. Can't you already see firefighter Jamie just following her around like a lost little dog? But it'll be so creepy because he's like 20 years older than her. He's so much older. The age gap is serious. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's like, yeah, it is um, like a lost little dog, but it's also sort of like a panther stalking its prey in the (laughs) same way. You know, like um, there's a lot of Serengeti shit going on here. (laughs) Brie and Chris are the next to go on their finale date. And oh, what Brie, a date it is as well. It is, it's really good. I believe yeah. it is taking place in the hallway outside their hotel room <laughs> <laughs> with a little table for two. It's incredible. And Brie explains to the camera that her last relationships have ended because, quote, usually something goes wrong. Oh, I hate it when that happens. I know. It's so, it's so hard to deal with. <laughs> Brie asks where Chris sees them after the final show. Trying that on for size mm-hmm, and episode okay. six. Uh, and Chris immediately says, quote, I see us creating life together. Okay, Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> also a bit rich coming from two people that never made it to the fantasy suite. Right. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> and so this is where they do get the fantasy date card. And Bree finds this very diplomatic way of saying, uh, no, thanks, bro. I won't be having sex on TV. And Chris is on the same page. So I feel like this is mm, the yeah. the religious thing, right? Where they're like, there's religious stuff at play. It's a different culture. I think so, right? Like she, um, she says like, 
uh, I'm not in a rush to get anywhere physically. Like I want to get to know you first on an emotion level. Um, but anything past that I want to save, um, which it seems to be kind of code for like, uh, marriage would be a great step to do first maybe, or at least like, I don't want everyone knowing that we did this on TV sort of situation. It's nice that they had the option. <laughs> sure. That's all I'll say. Yeah, I do think Good it's funny them. that, um, you know, we're so, in, in Australia, we're not used to seeing the fantasy date situation at all. And then we are exposed to it here, just like for us three, um, kind of coming into contact with it for the first time in a little while. And it's like, yeah, one couple does it. <laughs> no, it's like, why do we even actually have to do this at all? I'm not really sure. I just honestly, I feel sad for the champagne left unpopped. Not a euphemism, right. and you know nah. the strawberries not. Yeah, not like hard. I was saying, assumed. literally <laughs> just like go into the room for fifteen minutes, take that stuff out, and then like you know it doesn't matter. Or you know we talk about this a bit. Like obviously you could just kind of go in there and hang out. Like you don't have to do anything. But I think it is just like they literally don't even want to be seen to be considering this as an mm. option. Um, they don't want anyone to be able to make the logical leap. Um, and they kind of just have to completely abstain from even going into a room together with the cameras off. They're a very PG couple. Like, he even walks her back to her room and they have this, like, little kiss goodnight at the door and it's, like, a bad... I was going to say bad rom-com, but there's nothing funny about them, like... Right, right. (laughs) At all. (laughs) This is the thing, but all of a sudden, this is, like, the catalyst for shit to hit the fan. And what happens is that we get this lovely bit of contrast between Brie and Chris struggling in rehearsals as Brie, it sort of seems like the show's trying to make it out like she regrets not taking the fantasy card the night before. And then Mm. we contrast that with Jamie and Trevor eating a decadent breakfast... Much too much breakfast for two people, Zave. I got a screenshot of this breakfast. There are eight people's worth of food, and that's just what you can see like in the one like angle that they managed (laughs) to get. It's truly insane. They're also just like hanging around in bathrobes, like truly being the most two people who just had sex people you've ever seen in your life. I mean, they're lady and tramping a whole donut at some stage while like we cut back to Brie and Chris having a bad rehearsal. Right. And so the footage that you're seeing for the rehearsals is really interesting, Zave. Yeah, well, I also want to say they show up at the rehearsal space and they've got the the usual, like, uh, house band as well as a handful of extra musicians who are, like, backup singers, string players, horn players. They're all already there. They're all set up. They've got, like, music sheets on stands. They're all set up, ready to go. This is some classic lead singer bullshit that the other two just rock up and they're like, we don't even know the words. What, uh, sorry, Zev, do you, do you play in any bands with a lead singer? Do I don't know of any, any bands them? that have a lead singer, particularly mm. not bands that are named after the lead singer, who mm. maybe uh, release songs about the lead singer Max being from Ballina. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know anything about that. I won't take it as a slight. The musical director guy who has been kind of in the background the last couple of episodes gets a really big spotlight moment here where he's like, hmm, we haven't seen a lot of that lovey, like, you know, it just doesn't feel like you're together. And I'm like, ooh, someone convinced him to do a lot of the dramatic heavy lifting for this part of the episode. I was just kind of mad that, like, it was all hyped up that they were going to have this really tense moment. And then she, Brie, kind of makes a couple, like, sarcastic remarks about being like, I'm used to doing this song on my own. Or she said something. I can't remember (laughs) what her exact words are. And then that was kind of it. And I was like, fight, you cowards. Like, do something. (laughs) Give Brie Stouse a sword. (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> Yell at each other. Stop being so nice all the time. Yeah. I know. It sort of makes me wonder what happened on the date because what 
effectively the producer is saying to them is like, what I'm not seeing from you is enough performative romance. Right. You know, uh, I'm not seeing you show I love you while you're also singing, which is a difficult thing to do, I'm sure. But then the other thing, like, is I don't feel like it's anything out of the ordinary for a performance that requires a musical director to have a musical director giving feedback, you know? Like, he pulls things up and he tells them, well, we need to do this better and we need to do this better, and it's being used to great dramatic effect. I also just love the whole time that their connection has been so apparent in all their performances and the, every judge has said so and whatever, and it's like the one night they don't go have sex, they're like, oh, you're a bit off today. <laughs> you're not very well. Yeah. They also didn't have sex all the other times they performed. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Go off, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, so they're practicing this Ed Sheeran cover that they're going to do in a little bit, and um, you hear Bree sort of like sigh like a teenager, and she's like, oh, I'm just not, I'm just not inspired. Which is so funny because how much inspiration is required to perform a song that someone else wrote? Right. I, we, we, this is what we were talking about, right? Like, we were hoping that the the final thing would be, like, they would at least have to perform one original song. They don't even have to write it, although that would be a cool idea for a challenge on this show. Um, but, like, even if they were just putting their heart into something that they had come up with, we would get to see so much more of them. But instead it's like, no, you're doing, like, an Ed Sheeran and a fucking, I don't know, Righteous Brothers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Like, I also generally think about inspiration, um, or at least, like, this creative idea of inspiration as, like, a magic elixir for creatives is a real luxurious construct that we've invented for ourselves when we're not doing our jobs. Right, exactly. It's like, oh, I wasn't inspired, so that's why I took three years of songwriting. To be fair, that's exactly (laughs) what I say all the time. I've written a song so long. But, you know, it is bullshit. I'm just very lazy. It's a job. Do your job, you know, and uh, particularly in this case. To be fair, I wouldn't be that inspired by Ed Sheeran on the best of days either. So I'm <laughs> sorry, Ed. Mm. There's um, a, a beautiful quote from John Daniel, the guy from The Mountain Goats, where he talks about um, why it is that we get writer's block, but people don't get 7-Eleven store clerk block. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they do. I don't know. Does John Daniel talk to a lot of 7-Eleven <laughs> clerks really that Yeah, deeply? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he embodies them in some way. I guess so. He's a voice for the people. Finally, it is performance time, and it's also time for some of the most contrived confessionals that the show has ever provided, (laughs) courtesy of Brie and Chris. So uh, Brie says the equivalent of this, I do hope that we sing the songs well. And Chris says, (laughs) what Brie and I have is something the world needs to hear. Another fucking Ed Sheeran cover. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also like, as usual for a Batchy show, there's this montage of everybody getting dressed and putting on makeup. Um, I have no idea if they're using Colgate Optic White at this point, (laughs) which is very confusing. (laughs) Would be great if we could establish that. Um, But then, yeah, we we cut to the the CMA Theater, which they don't mention the name of for some reason. Um, And then Chris Harrison shows up on stage and he gets this rapturous applause for like a solid 30 seconds. Um, he teases the crowd a little bit just to get him warmed up. He's like, yes, these couples have actually fallen in love. Yeah. <laughs> I wish... We did it. I wish that the Australian public adored Osher the same way that the American public adores Chris Harrison. Yeah, I totally agree. I just loved it when he came out and he like looked at the cheering fans for like 30 seconds or whatever, and he's like, are you kidding me? And I was like, you knew where you're coming. <laughs> <laughs> you're a Everyone's well-known man. Everyone's probably paid to be here. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Who let you in? 
So Chris introduces the guest judges. Firstly, there's Bachelor Royalty, Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tartik. So Caitlin was the Bachelorette in 2015, a year before Jojo, who was on the first episode of Performances. Uh, she ended up with Sean Booth, who she got engaged to, but they never picked a wedding date and then they split up a few years later. Jason Tartik was a, contest a contestant on The Bachelorette in 2018 and was eliminated in week nine. I don't know exactly how these two met, but they've been dating for approximately one year. So yes, they are quote, Bachelor royalty. Uh, we also have Tay Diggs, who Chris Harrison says you might remember from How Stella Got Her Gro uh, Groove Back, which was his film debut, which completely ignores his star-making turn as Rasta Cab Driver in 2015's Larry Gay, Renegade Male Flight Attendant. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sure. It's a film which definitely exists, according to Wikipedia. Oh. Uh, you got Jewel, who is like a bona fide pop legend, who you might also remember from Ang Lee's 1999 Western Ride with the Devil. It's not streaming anywhere, but I recommend it. <laughs> uh, and then we've got Rita Wilson, um, who... Now, this finale was shot on February 13th of this year. Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson announced their COVID-19 diagnosis on March 11th. Conspiracy theory... Did Rita Wilson bring it back to Australia with her? What is the timeline? Like, you know, it, the, the timing works out, I think. Do we think she introduced it? Okay, so in this, in this scenario, <laughs> Rita Wilson is the bullfrog in the Australian episode of The Simpsons. Right, totally. Okay, I'm here for this. I, I mean, I don't mean to postulate on her health status as... Rita Wilson is uh, a darling. Of course, we love her. And she we seems to be Rita doing Wilson. fine on this episode. She's also, doing a great job. So here's the thing. Did Chris Harrison give Rita Wilson coronavirus? Oh, good question. <laughs> is he capable of carrying human diseases? <laughs> Although I guess as a robot, he could be a surface that might have had the virus uh, left on it. That's it. It can live on Chris Harrison for up to six hours. Right. <laughs> I did check into uh, Caitlin and Jason just to see whether, because they were sitting next to Rita, maybe they might have reported some symptoms. Mm. Uh, they have been in isolation, uh, you know, Instagramming and YouTubing uh, pretty much every day, checking with their fans, seem to be doing fine. So uh, with no evidence, the jury's still out. <laughs> I'm not closing this case. <laughs> Can you just imagine, though, the whole, like, studio audience there that day, the finalists, Chris Harrison, everyone coming out with, like, coronavirus. Right. <laughs> it's like you came in for love and you've got a virus. <laughs> the pandemic that's sweeping the nation. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I have um, to say I really admired uh, Rita's horny energy as a judge, though. Oh, my God. Ooh, yeah. Wasn't it so horny? She says that contestants will have to strip naked emotionally, have musical intercourse, and make a song, baby. Okay. I wish that I could strip naked in a way that was not emotional. Mm. I also love that they're like, I want you to leave with a song, baby. So it's like, do you want this show to go for nine months? <laughs> like, everyone is locked in until this is carried to term. Yeah, what's the gestation period here? <laughs> and Brie and Chris are like, not till marriage, ma'am. Please. Right, True. yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, so uh, Caitlin also has a song out this week. Did anyone know this? No, no I didn't know that. Her very own debut single called If I'm Being Honest okay. is out now. 
Um, Zave, I know we're planning a bonus episode in the coming weeks to talk about all the songs that have come out of Listen to Your Heart. I vote Correct. that we include this one. Yes, definitely. She is one of the stars of the show. <laughs> it's a good plan. So Jamie and Trevor are the first to perform. It's Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. And so this song is a famous waltz. And I know you have a lot of thoughts, Zavi, so do I. easiest thing that I can do to explain this to you is that a waltz is a song with a triple count. So it's one, two, three, one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, five, six. But they've made this into a four count folk song. Right. It really bugs me because this is kind of what Trevor does to everything. He's <laughs> bringing his like boring acoustic guitar white guy like finger picking bullshit. Uh, it's a nice instrumentation, but I think like the the 4-4 four, four count just makes me wretch. Like, because this song is so iconically in 6-8, it's got this, like, dun, 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 clink, dun, 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 dun. like, that's the whole rhythm of the whole thing. And he's like, no, no, that's not going to work. I'm not learning a new, like, finger style. I'm going to adapt this <laughs> to my wishes. And then he ends up not even playing it on guitar. He hands the acoustic guitar off to the band for the first time in the whole series. Uh, but he's like, yeah, I cannot even begin to sing this in a waltz time. Oh, it makes me furious. I'm so angry. <laughs> also, was his mic even on half the time? Like, hard to say. Really hard to say. So, I don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to go out on a limb here and say something that I can't take back. But honestly, it sounded more like the Wrongchus Brothers. Oh no! <laughs> bad, bad mm. man. Mm-hmm. I don't think that it works until you like get right to the end, and there's like that Taylor Swift like "Speak Now" type drum beat that comes in. Um, and Trevor hits a really lovely high note at the end. But you're right; it's the difference between like, I mean, uh, to illustrate this. Okay. The other song that's a waltz that's been performed in this series is the um, Wise Men Say. One, two, three, four, five, Only fools rush in. Something like that, right? Imagine if that was instead like this. It's All right, up. me first in the gimme gimme's. <laughs> Fucking brag. That was uh, nice. <laughs> that it was, was pretty not, good. <laughs> no, that's not how that works, though. You didn't uh, prove your point very well, Max. That was beautiful. I'm so sorry. Uh, well, look, this is why we're friends, and I appreciate that from you. <laughs> mm. It's cool that they got to perform it as a set as well. Two songs in a row. We've never seen that before on uh, a reality singing competition like that. Yeah, I was worried they would break for commentary and like judges' reactions in between, but it was nice that they just got to kind of roll from one into the other. Yeah, so they slide into this song Speechless by Dan and Shay. Speechless. <laughs> 
I had not heard this until I had to DJ a wedding last year. Mm. Um, I, I still don't know if I necessarily remember it. I heard this song for the first time on this show, and it has been stuck in my head all week. I think it's super catchy. Interesting. Um, I heard it for the first time this morning watching this, and I can't even remember what it sounded like whatsoever. I don't know if that's like (laughs) a review of Jamie and Trevor in general. Well, that's true, yeah. Yeah. There's There's an amount of bland to both of them. Yeah, there's this very obvious drum machine click, like a finger click, um, and everybody in the band is like sort of miming clicking their fingers along with it, which always makes me laugh for some reason. Cool. I, it's one of my favorite things when there's like you can tell someone's just launching it from a drum pad and then everyone in the band is still like just for the sake of I guess trying to get the audience to do it as well just be like we're making this anyway I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> another thing just to say about Jamie and Trevor's performance is I just love how much she was touching his face as though that was going to display oh their God. like intimate connection and also like watching it back in a time like this it's like get your hands off each other <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop, it. stop touching stop that it's such a shame because that is where the music is stored in the face. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just say, we've had a couple of Jamie showcases before, but in this song, Trevor basically doesn't sing at all. I was yes. watching him the entire time and like Jamie is carrying, she has the entire vocal melody and Trevor kind of just jumps in for the last word of every line doing yeah. the harmony, which is insane. Like, she obviously is the more talented and interesting one of both of them, but uh, why would you place that on her? And every time he goes above a whisper, she, like, reacts so excitedly. Like, she's, like, <laughs> screaming and dropping to the it. floor. He's You're like, You're still yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> You're alive. It's super weird. I, I really like her vocal runs in this song, like the do 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 Like, it's just a great melody. But, yeah, you can tell... I don't know, they maybe got handed this song deliberately so that he could sit in the background. Or... <laughs> this is the song that I wish Rudy and Matt sang. Yeah. Like, imagine true. her singing that, because the, 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 the part in the chorus is like the, I'm speechless, that yeah. thing. Imagine giving that to someone who could actually sing it. Yeah, she really would properly it. sing it. Yeah. 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 Jamie's, I mean, nothing to take, not to take anything away from Jamie as a singer, but Rudy's just above and beyond as far as I'm concerned. I think it makes sense on a narrative level because she's had this stage fright thing throughout the whole competition for her to eventually be totally carrying the entire performance. True. Um, Except that it doesn't work so well because it's kind of felt that way the whole time anyway. (laughs) They've tried to explain to us that like he has been the rock for her and that kind of thing. But it's like, no, I got nothing from him the whole time. Right. I mean, this is a rock that's gotten washed away by the ocean. Hmm. Uh, Jamie tells Chris Harrison she's proud of herself and Trevor says, I've never fallen for somebody who has the same passion for music that I do and that's been the most surreal experience of my whole life. And I'm like, Trevor, please try mushrooms. Just once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He also says... says, Just look at a Dali painting. Just one painting! MC Escher or something. We started by playing music and being vulnerable and I was like, oh wait, she's already seen my soul and I can talk to her if that makes any sense. My soul is the second John Mayer cover of the episode. (laughs) This is him saying that exact same thing again with the same exact little smug smile on his face. I'm like, has he been fed this line? Has he read it somewhere? I don't know what it is. I don't know. I thought Trevor stepped up in the last episode. I was so happy to be like, you know what? Trevor might be all right. I'm off the train again. Oh, okay. I'm off the Trevor wagon. My Trevor t-shirt that I bought for you is already (laughs) shipping, so you better turn around quick. (laughs) 
Um, also with Jules saying that she was brought to tears by Jamie yes. and Trevor. Mm, and I was like, yeah. I'm crying too, but I think for a completely different reason. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Tay Diggs gives this really weird feedback where he says, your nerves told on you in that you are leaning a little bit too much on each other. I wanted to see you more of you being kind of un- independent. Don't be afraid to just stand and sing. Now, can you remind me, what was the only feedback that was given out in the earlier weeks of this competition? This is it. This is the exact <laughs> thing where Jason Mraz was like, I feel like you're performing to us and uh, not to each other. Yeah, he was like, you guys need to be performing as a unit. Don't worry about what each one of you is doing individually. I want you to be a collective singing force. And now Tay Diggs is like, mm, a little too much of that. Play to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, So I um, have a real hunger for Jason Mraz to come back uh, and be a judge <laughs> on any singing competition because he was sure. fierce. Like watching all of these other people come in and give their feedback the last few weeks. And it's not to um, throw any shade on Andy Grammer or... God, he was here, wasn't he? Ashley Simpson. I'm having a real hard remembering him. Uh, Jason Mraz was the standout. He was the best judge of the season. And the way that he said to Ryan, she will leave you. It's just so resonant. And like, I truly, I hope Natasha leaves him. Wow. Wow. Big words for a couple who have a single out together this week, I think. Ditch him. Wow. Wow. Well, we'll talk about it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin Bristow also asks uh, if they have gone to the fantasy suite, if they're about to go to the fantasy suite, what is the fuck situation at this point? (laughs) And Trevor and Jamie both like freak out about having to admit it on TV. They're like, oh, my mom's watching. It's like, we all saw you. (laughs) It was a very raunchy scene. Well, look, uh, yeah, this is again that thing of like, how much do they know that, that this is going to make the show you would have to assume if you were in your right mind you would be like in every season of the bachelor they communicate this basically the same way where they read this like standard note which says like if you choose to forego your rooms uh your individual rooms i've given you a key which by the way what hotel has like an actual key (laughs) (laughs) um and then we watch them making out ferociously for a little while and then the light turns off and we go oh okay what's happened here yeah. yeah. Uh, so I don't think there's a lot left to the imagination, really. Yeah. Um, they open the card and it's like, I've given you an Apple Watch, which you will scan the QR code. <laughs> and from that QR code, it will reveal uh, a piece of invisible ink. And with that <laughs> invisible ink, yep. A series of clues. Like that Nathan for you episode where <laughs> yeah, they have riddles. to get the rebate. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, it's Brie and Chris's turn. Uh, and they cover the beautiful Adele cover of the beautiful Bob Dylan song to make you feel my love. Here's something I learned about this Bob Dylan song uh, a few months ago, I guess. It was released by Bob Dylan in the late 90s. I thought it was a way older song than that. It's uh, it's very interesting as well that earlier in the uh, episode, I saw a little uh, a little shot of the sheet music that they're using to learn this song, and they miscredit it to Adele. <laughs> to Adele, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they didn't even, at that point, they haven't Googled the song to figure out that it's written by someone else. Adele's power. <laughs> yeah, well, true. It's pretty hard. 
it's pretty hard to think of anything to say uh, like snarky about this. I thought it was just like really nice. They're backed by a piano and a string section. It's quite a restrained arrangement. Uh, and I honestly think their voices even blend pretty well, even when they're singing in unison. It's like, basically, this is exactly what I was picturing this show being about when I first heard the idea of it. Totally. Totally. I also think Chris is so gentle as a performer, and he is sweet as a plum in the way that his voice, like, it just sort of sits there on the top of the arrangement, and it's never too mm. too much, and it's never too little. It's always just, like, that Goldilocks right amount. I have a lot of time for Chris as maybe um, if we're saying Rudy is the most talented performer, I might say that uh, Chris is the the best, like most versatile multi-instrumentalist kind of guy. Best actor in a supporting role. I there think. you go. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. He's. Um, this is where I wish that I had seen any film and could tell you <laughs> any piece of information about who won a best actor in a supporting role. He's kind of like the uh, Max Quinn of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast of Thank uh, you. Yes, that would. Yep. Also, the second Max best Quinn one, of the Max you know? Quinn band. The oh, second well, best yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, so they hurdle into the Ed Sheeran cover of um, Give Me Love. You might know it as the, um, the My 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 song, like I did right. until this I week. Th- I thought it was Mumbai, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's Falling in Love Bollywood style. Right, yeah. this is also pretty solid um it's like a real showcase for the band i think like the full band with strings and horns and backup singers and they're just giving it so much oomph uh and they have these nice little acapella breaks i want to give the bass player a big shout out for this one really great bass run that pops in in the second verse okay shout him Um, out here you go Ready for this? The bass player from... I don't know his name. (laughs) (laughs) Look him up. I don't know. Do your homework. I'm busy. (laughs) Um, But then you've got this, like, big Mumbai, give me love, lover, outro thing, which I think is done pretty well, but they don't try and add the part where little baby 20-year-old Ed Sheeran is screaming, give me love, love! (laughs) <laughs> which is a fun part of that song that I learned about this week. <laughs> Talia, think... you said... Yo, sorry. sorry, you go. You, Talia, you said earlier in the episode that you were maybe not the biggest Ed Sheeran stan. No. How are you feeling about what's happening here? I think this was confusing for me because when I was watching Chris and Brees in this, I was like, oh, I feel like I'm feeling something. Like, Mm. they're quite nice. They even got the audience involved in the end. They had people clapping. It was kind of this really joyous moment. And Mm. I was so annoyed because I was like, I don't like feeling joy when I watch these shows. And (laughs) (laughs) I don't like feeling joy when I hear an Ed Sheeran song either. (laughs) So it was just like a really confusing time in my life. But that's when I kind of knew they had it like in the bag, I guess, because I was like, you can't really beat this display Fully. of love right here. Uh, talk to me about what you watch these shows for. Um, if, you, if you're not watching to experience the pure, for wholesome work. joy of love. <laughs> <laughs> Slaving out the coal mines. <laughs> um, 
amusement to feel better about my like pathetic single life mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you see it's someone like the honey badger and you're like oh no it's okay to be it's alone fine. yeah <laughs> like it's preferable. I've made a good choice yeah <laughs> um to laugh at other people that have maybe doing a bit worse off than me in that moment um that's great yeah you just know? for really nice reason nice wholesome <laughs> reasons <laughs> um so, uh, Jules' feedback for Brie is that she doesn't move from the neck down. <laughs> really weird. Just like, why don't you say that to Chris Harrison? <laughs> right? I mean, Chris doesn't move from the head down, I guess. Yeah, so, Brie's at least so. got a little bit. But at least, call, like, you know, call an ambulance. Call a doctor. Get someone to get someone to check in on this woman. Chris That's Harrison, a concerning statement. Yeah, totally. That's true. <laughs> we need to look into this. Uh, Chris Harrison out of nowhere says, well, I think there might be some babies made tonight. And Rita Wilson says, I feel like there are babies happening soon with this one. It's like, guys, they don't want to make babies yet. We just talked about this. Classic horny Rita Wilson coming in with the goods again. Right. What is she doing on stage out of everyone? Living, like giving her all. Yeah. She was like, I'll be the person. Mm-hmm. I love that she self-nominated. Um, Tay says, you guys are a beautiful couple. I believe everything. I would pay money to see you guys. Should we read into this I believe everything line? <laughs> I feel like he should not been should not have been allowed to say that. Yeah, like, does he also believe that Brie doesn't move from the neck down? <laughs> like, he's going to up on that one. <laughs> Just seems like he's saying the quiet part loud when he's like, well, I'm really convinced that you guys are a real couple and not just a reality TV uh, fake uh, <laughs> bunch of bullshit, you know. It's also interesting they weren't asked about the uh, fantasy suite. Obviously, they weren't giving off the same kind of, like, sexual chemistry maybe. But, like, right. I was, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like if you're going to ask one couple, why aren't you asking the second one, making them really uncomfortable? Totally. That's it, you know, put them on the spot. But I, maybe there's something about their performance that indicates a level of purity, you know? And I'm not just talking about the last episode where Chris wore this beautiful white, crisp, collarless shirt, speaking to how unimaginably faithfully pure that that mm. man is. Like, that man say... is faithfully by Journey, the song. <laughs> He's the embodiment. I forgot to mention that Trevor is dressed like you know uh jamie's wearing this like sparkly sort of fun like uh dress thing and trevor is wearing what i think is an actual costume from the book of mormon (laughs) he looks so conservative it's so funny uh hello here's my question to you why didn't chris propose Ooh, that's a great question it's a really good question. I yeah. really, like, I thought their victory was a foregone conclusion, but the thing that I was waiting for, the big lingering question for me was, like, is he going to pop the question? And obviously he didn't. Did it occur to anyone else that that might have been on the cards? I guess. I didn't if, think about that. Yeah, I didn't either. I feel like if there was going to be a proposal at the end of it, they would have been teasing it all season, like they mm. often do with Paradise. I think even in the first, like, Paradise Australia uh, teasers that they released before they pushed it back, they were like, there's going to be, like, three weddings on the island or something. For this season? Am I right in remembering that? Does it, did that, I, th- oh, I don't know. That could be, it happens a lot in US Bachelor in Paradise, and maybe I'm getting it mixed up, where they're like, no one who leaves the island will be unmarried. <laughs> <laughs> even Chris Harrison is getting remarried <laughs> to a tropical fish. And Trevor's off marrying his reflection somewhere. Right. Um, <laughs> I reckon my theory with Chris is he will propose, but he will do it with his own um, song. Like he'll make something oh, and like, that. yeah, mm-hmm. he's not going to do it on Ed Sheeran note. 
Yeah, maybe you, I'm no, projecting totally onto right. him. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't dare do it to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> he knows better. So, also, yeah, I really we, don't hate Ed Sheeran that much, and I just really come across like I've got a big vendetta against Ed Sheeran. <laughs> no, it's fine. You know, he's yeah, fine. He's, okay. he's fine. That's yeah. it. Did you guys I, see the movie yesterday? No. I did not. No. I feel like any goodwill that I had for him was destroyed by that movie. Why? He, well, he's Isn't in the movie. Isn't it a Beatles movie? It is a Beatles movie, and he comes in as like the guy who is still allowed to be a big famous pop singer and is the uh. most celebrated, beloved pop singer outside of the main guy who pretends to have written all the Beatles songs. Uh, right. And he does a lot of really dud jokes where he's like... Um, you know, the, the main character comes into the music studio and he's like, uh, I've got this great song, it's called Hey Jude. And then uh, Ed Sheeran's like, okay, I really like this song, it's beautiful, but why don't you change it to Hey Dude? And then <laughs> he, like, he like sits on that joke for like 15 minutes and, and then they, they have to perform, I don't know, just uh, uh, actually sounds funny when I say it. It's good. <laughs> I was like, yes, give me that. Well, okay. Well, I want to know all about that. Stream it on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, a few seconds to hear from our sponsor, Amazon Prime. Yeah, thanks, Jeff Bezos, for the big dollars <laughs> for our podcast. So, yeah, look, the the way that it works is that Chris and Bree, hey, they win the show, and, and good on them, and they run through the crowd. Jamie and Trevor are sent back to where they came from, back to the pavilion. There's a clip of Jamie and Trevor after they go off stage that is just them kissing and it's just kind of popped in there. And I think it's to make you think that their relationship is going to last beyond this episode. But I have no idea if it actually takes place after, like in terms of the chronology, it could have been from three weeks ago. I'm just like, I don't think these guys are really going to stick it out. I also just want to point out something Chris Harrison said when he was, like, announcing the winners and he's, like, talking about them all and he looks at Jamie and he goes, you know, a few weeks ago you could barely stand on stage. And I was like, is now the time to drag? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he's, like, just want to get one, like, one final in, stage. Like, just, like, get his we money's get worth out of the series. <laughs> yeah. A few weeks ago you were like a baby giraffe, all knobbly <laughs> and couldn't even fucking stand up, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, don't put the poor girl down now and she's just about to lose this competition. Exactly, right? As if he doesn't know as well. And he says, like, everybody wish goodbye to uh, Jamie and Trevor. It's like, all right, we're all going to forget them in a minute or two anyway. We don't need your help right now. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris and Bree, they make their way off stage and Chris Harrison says, they're definitely making a baby tonight, right? This is the thing, right? This is my my backup question. Um, I went from, is he going to propose to... They're at least going to have sex tonight, right? On I that mean, tour maybe. bus. On, On that bus. bus. Maybe that's mm. what the bed is for. The leopard uh, yeah. print throw. Good Lord. <laughs> they, yeah. This is exactly what happens. They run out into the, the loving arms of the leopard, leopard print throw on the fantasy tour bus. I think it's really funny that they said earlier that they were trying to save that physical intimacy. Like that was something that was important to, you know, keep for a later part in their relationship. Did Chris Harrison think that they meant the end of the episode? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to save it until, you know, after 10 p.m. or whenever this is airing. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, they also uh, sing I Can't Help Falling in Love With You for the fucking 14th time this season. Mm. And if you haven't heard it enough, rest assured, it's on the album that they have released. Oh, thank right. God. <laughs> well, there's this there's this nice little moment where they like screaming in delight and Chris says like, let's get it, let's get it, two of us life. 
which is very funny because his narrative arc is complete and he'll finally get what he's always been dreaming. Oh, oh, wait a second. Sorry. It's mid-February 2020 and <laughs> the entire world is about to go to shit. Yeah, the bus crashes headlong into the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and we see them in the studio recording a cover of a Leon Bridges song with the Beyond the Final Rose band. Let's talk about this studio. I just did a little bit of research on it. It is the Village Studio in LA, which was used for classic records like Aja by Steely Dan, Planet Waves by Bob Dylan, and you will not believe this, Max Quinn, but yes, this studio is where John Mayer recorded his album Continuum. No way. That's kind of sick. Also, the Toy Story 2 That's soundtrack. Hell yeah. Oh, I'm Randy, hello. <laughs> this is like, you, you started like, oh, Steely Dan, you're ticking my boxes. Mm-hmm. Second thing, I don't remember what you said. Bob Dylan, um, who, who knows? Who knows that guy? Never not heard. sure about that, man. John yeah. Mayer's Continuum. Oh boy, formative, accidentally formative album for me that uh, remains on rotation in this household to this day. But so full circle Am I circle proud to admit it on a podcast? Show. Who can yeah. say? It's complete full circle for this TV show. And like, I, at this point, what I want to know is where are they now? Does anyone have uh, updates on anyone from the cast for me? Okay, so they we see them working on this de- debut album together with noted producer, the guy who was on the TV show the whole time. Love him. Uh, yep, and love yes, his work. The, the album is out. I think it's surprise released like immediately when this episode came out, which is like an incredible like Beyonce style. Uh, I mean, maybe not to the same level. No, um, it is. No, <laughs> let's keep going with it. You think so? <laughs> yep. Uh, the album's out. Uh, they set up a website and also a Patreon um, for oh, their no. musical oh. careers. Oh no! Um, Dark. Yeah, which is like you can. There are there are three membership levels that are based on songs that they covered. Right? There's the Gimme Love, which is five dollars per month. There's the Lover, which is twenty dollars per month, and then there's the Beyond, which is one hundred dollars per month. So that's the one you signed up for, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll be bringing you all the scoops from that month by month, as it, because uh, what you get is a personal shout out and recognition and a thank you, as well as VIP status at live events, which I'm sure will happen. <laughs> oh, what's that um, app called or the thing that all the celebrities do now, where you Cameo? pay and they like? Yes, I was like, mm. they're gonna, they've got to be on it already, surely. I'm checking as we speak. No, please. <laughs> Uh, I looked into Jamie and Trevor. Mm-hmm. Not together. Oh, what a what? shock. What? Who could have guessed? Not isolating in Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're apart. Uh, Julia apparently tried to go back to Sheridan. Really? <laughs> and Sheridan said that he wouldn't be anyone's second choice. Good Look on at a man him. learning him. Hey. Le- yeah, look at him. He I learned like his that. lesson. It's nice. Uh, and then uh, the other one that's still up in the air, no one's certain, is uh, Ritasha, Ryan and, and Natasha. If I get my way, uh, that Natasha solo career, not far away, baby. Yeah, agreed. I always thought Ryan and Natasha from the get-go were a good power couple in the sense that I didn't think they were into each other. I think they just knew they could take it. Totally. For sure. Pretty far. Yeah. And I think they're going to capitalize on that now. They've released a song together. And they'll ditch each other eventually, but they were never in love. They never, like, they were always performing. That's it. Like, and as far as being good at performative romance, they both were. And I don't begrudge them for that. I just want to, um, I want that beautiful, um, Rudy, Natasha time in the limelight. I think, I think Mm. they're the stars to come from this. And hey, if not, see you in paradise. Well, I think it's um, interesting too. Matt is on Twitter at the moment and sort of putting out like, "There's going to be more Rudy and Matt music to come," and it's like, "No, Rudy, you can ditch him. No, yeah. ditch him. You're fine. <laughs> That's bad. He'll oh be fine. God, yeah, no. yeah. I don't want. I don't want that. I don't, I don't think that I want to hear anything more from Matt again. 
No. Well, he's, yeah. So I'm keeping an eye on his Twitter for that purpose, but I hope Rudy just comes out and forgets about him. Goodness me. I am not seeing a lot of the cast from this show on Cameo just yet. Maybe they still have, they're still on a contract or something. Um, but Jason Tartik, who spoke about uh, 10 words in this episode, is on Cameo and he is charging 95 bucks US per video. My word. Yeah. Goodness. Uh, yeah. So, you know, spend wisely. Um, or know your worth. Well, yeah, you know. Jackson Garlic is only charging 50 bucks, so you could get two of those for the same price. My Gosh. word. I don't... He'll probably no. throw in a meat pie. I was <laughs> going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right, well, that does bring us to the end of uh, another episode and yet another season of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Talia Pritchard, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my God, thank you for having me and thank you for sending me the show. I think... I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my week now that I can't watch it. <laughs> like, I'm going to be mourning. Um, what, where can we uh, find you? Where can we contact you? How can our listeners engage with Talia on the reg? Oh, look, you don't want to know. <laughs> you can <laughs> find me on twitter.com slash Tiles if you just want to see completely stupid takes on probably whatever reality show I watch after this as I wait for Bachelor in Paradise to hit our screens, the Australian version. My, yeah. Goodness. I can't wait. Come back when it's on, okay? Oh, amazing. Of course. I can't wait Please. to talk about Jamie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, what a mess. As much Jamie in my life as possible. This has been such a treat. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So, Max, proud of us, proud of you, mostly proud of me, didn't fuck it up, made a friend, uh, oh. a lifelong friend who I will call on in times of need, uh, did get a Twitter I think follow she out of it. Explicitly so. said, yeah, she explicitly said that we need to contact her in times of need. So yeah, that's I'm a little really good for us. I'm a little ticked off that I'm going to have to rewrite my whole will now, but I think ah, it's probably look. for the best overall. Uh, yeah, if you want to join the elite tier of Bachelor of Hearts <laughs> friends who may or may not be named in our will or may or may not get a panicked call from me late at night when I'm having trouble sleeping because of the depressive thoughts in my head, please, please <laughs> come find us at the Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group. We did actually come there to make friends or we even created that space as a um, twisted way to manufacture. Hey, it's a nice safe friendship space. <laughs> it is. I'm making it sound a bit weird. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> keep going. Keep talking about the insidious space that we created to capitalize on uh, the niceness and the kindness of people. I'd love hey, to hear more about it. At least it's not a hundred bucks a month. Um, <laughs> you can also track us down on Instagram and Facebook at BOHpod. Um, track down Maxi at Max Quinn. Track down me at Xavier RN. Um, releasing some music soon. We're going to do a bonus episode, as we mentioned yeah, before. Yeah. Probably in the next week or so, we're going to listen to a bunch of our hearts. We're going to listen to a bunch, listen listen to a to bunch of hearts. Heart. We're really um, going to stethoscope it. It's a stethoscope <laughs> episode, baby. They should have put a stethoscope around Chris Harrison's neck for oh, every episode of this season. That would what have been a missed a... opportunity. If we're looking for ways to punch up this season, that's all it would have stethoscope taken. Stethoscope is a big one. Big plus. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be coming out with that soon. Uh, and honestly, I'm really excited about it. I hope we're not going to just be, be like mean and critical. I think we're looking for the best in these people as we 100%. do on this podcast. Uh, but some of it's kind of funny. So, <laughs> we'll, well we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, but otherwise, you doing good, Maxi? Oh, I'm happy. Thank you. I'm I'm feeling fine. That's what great about to hear. you? 
Yeah, everything's good, actually. I'm doing really well. Um, I'm thrilled about how this has gone. Uh, and I'm, I just fucking hope paradise happens soon. I feel like we can't be too far away, right? Like the chefs will get mastered and then hopefully uh, take us to that beautiful island in the sun. Yes. Uh, as Weezer once said, hep, hep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. Uh, hope you're all keeping well. Um, don't do anything silly. Don't go outside. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just look uh, yeah, after yourself. Yeah. 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 Just, just do be all safe. the stuff. Wash your don't hands. be a dumb know. shit. We don't love you. Goodbye. It's Bye. <laughs> <laughs>